Again, we'd like to make everyone very warmly welcome. We trust that God will bless each one for being here this evening. Um, in a couple of weeks' time, this is the 10th, so on the 27th, we plan to start a series of gospel meetings here. So make sure you keep your calendar free and come along and hear the gospel being preached each evening, February 27th. You might say that's kind of an odd thing to start your gospel meeting with, but there are some of us here, and we believe that there are those who have reached a stage in life, and it's a very crucial stage. And it makes the gospel meeting this evening all the more serious, because you have reached possibly a turning point in your life. And there are those of us who have lived a little while. And we can look back and we hear testimonies of those who reached a point where they knew it was now or never. And we firmly believe that there are those and this gospel series could make or break them as far as salvation is concerned. Decisions will be made for eternity. And that's what makes even this evening's gospel meeting just so serious. 1942, my grandfather worked for the uh, government. He worked on a, on a U.S. Army base. And it was in the village of Kilkeel, the little fishing village. And for some reason they stationed there a large platoon of soldiers and 1942 was a crucial year and there were a lot of young men who were stationed in Kilkeel and my dad remembers there were four who were reached and saved they understood their need of salvation and they got saved and he will tell you and I've heard him tell it many times that he will never forget the night that those young men were baptized. Not because of any special aura or anything like that. But because they were openly professing their faith in Christ before they went out to the battlefront. They were leaving Gilkeel and they were heading to Europe. And they knew that this was it. If there was a crucial moment in their life, this was going to be it. They had made their decision for Christ. And Dad remembers the little Baptist tabernacle in Kilkeel being packed with people. And he said the atmosphere, he'll never forget it, as those four young men obeyed the Lord in baptism and then a very short time left. And we don't know if they went back. We don't know if they made it. But judging by the many who were killed, maybe we could say it was doubtful. And then you could ask yourself, what if? Ah, oh, what if? What does it matter? But you have reached a crucial point in your life. You're not here by accident in this gospel meeting. 
And God has afforded you opportunities over and over again to hear the wonderful message of the gospel. And I want to put it to you as plainly and as simply as we possibly can tonight to try and draw you to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ because he's the only hope that you have for eternity. You're going out. Just like those four young men went out. Don't know if they came back. You're going out. Just as Matt has said, hundred years from now, there won't be anything left of any of us. We'll all be gone. I don't know if, if maybe I'm morbid. But even recently I was very interested, came across on the internet some photographs have been retouched. Some of us have an interest in photography. And they had found beautiful pictures taken in factories of what were called rosies. Those who worked very hard in, in World War II aircraft factories and put together the machinery that went to meet Hitler. Beautiful pictures. The detail in them is stunning. The colours, they've been retouched. You just almost feel as though you could really be there. Beautiful pictures. And you sit and you look at the faces and the pictures and the detail of it. And what it brings home to me is this. They're probably out into eternity. Probably not here anymore. That beautiful lady working with the the hammer and and the other. And and the the detail in them is fantastic. But they're not here. And I wonder about you. As time marches on and eternity seems ever more close, are you ready to face eternity? I know this may sound very harsh, but we have to be faithful and we have to warn you. The message of the gospel is plain that there are only two places in God's great eternity. There's heaven and there's hell. And it's your choice. And it'll be your decision before you leave here tonight as to what you do with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ as to where you will spend God's great eternity. Turn with me please, if you could, to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God to declare I say at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus the verse I want to pick out and bring to your attention tonight is verse number 24 
And there are words in it that sometimes we stay away from in a gospel meeting, but I want to break them down and I want to make them very simple for you to understand tonight. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Very often... If you come around the Gospel Hall, and I think most in the the hall tonight are familiar with uh, coming to Gospel meetings, we have verses that we use very, very often. We have John 3 and 16. Sometimes we forget that there's a John 3 and 17. There's another verse. Very interesting verses, some of them. This is one of those verses. And it came to my attention just recently as I read Romans 3 and 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Can I just stop there for a moment tonight? And can I arrest you and point out tonight that you and the sight of God are a sinner? We don't want anyone in the gospel meeting ever to miss that point. Because it's that that will determine your eternal destiny. Heaven or hell for eternity. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God can I tell you tonight that you have missed God's mark that there is nothing that you can do to gain favor with a holy and a righteous God that's what's stressed in this passage that there's a God in heaven who's just that there's one who has holiness that you and I might aspire to but that we'll never reach That there's one that is holy in comparison to you and I. Because you and I are just sinners. This is a very simple statement. It's a statement that levels everyone in the gospel meeting tonight. Takes away the boundary of race and riches and education. And it says this. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If I got my point across tonight to you that in the sight of a holy God you're a sinner that there's nothing that you and I can do to to merit favor with such a one that we come short that we have the thought is in the original language that the Bible was written in that there was a target and we have missed it and we can never hit it we can never come close To the standard that God has set. And therefore a sinner condemned already. What awaits a sinner that's condemned already? There's only one thing that that really you're set for. And that's for the judgment of a holy God for all eternity. That's what awaits the sinner tonight. I hope I can get it across to you the way I feel it. That there's an eternity that you will be in. And under the righteous judgment of a holy God for all eternity. Why? Because you're a sinner. Because you've been condemned already. This whole book of Romans has been set around a courtroom scene. And the verdict is given. And here we find it in Romans 3 and 23. And what is it? Guilty. Guilty before God. A sinner 
in the sight of a holy and a just God. But I don't want to stop there. I want to read verse number 24 to you again. Being justified freely by His grace. Could you just put yourself into that verse tonight? You say, no, 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 I'm not saved. I, I, couldn't, I, I could never find myself in that verse. Uh, just think about it. And just read it again with me. Being justified freely by His grace. Those who are saved tonight, they just rest upon those words. And they just say, that's what my salvation is. That I'm justified, that I'm made right in the sight of a holy God. Justified just simply means to be formally, legally acquitted. Justified freely by His grace. What's grace? The simple unmerited favor of God. I can't explain that to you tonight. But could you just find yourself right there as a sinner and then just saying this, but I'm justified freely. How? Because of his unmerited favor towards me. And how did that come about? How did that all happen? Or how is that even possible? That someone like me could get the merit and the favor of a righteous and a holy God you got to read a little further into the verse. And it says this. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Like I said already, redemption and justification, those are big subjects. Those are words sometimes that we try to stay away from on a gospel platform. Justified just means to be acquitted. And redemption just means to be paid a price. Someone has paid a price to set free. Now there are two thoughts behind that. Let me break it down into two different things. There are two different aspects of it. The aspect, there's one aspect where it's the thought of a price that was paid. And then the other side is is the human side. And that is the deliverance that's affected. So on one side there's a price that's been paid. You and I know and understand what that is. We'll talk about that in a minute. On the other side there's deliverance that's been affected. Through the redemption a price that has been paid that is in Christ Jesus. What was that price? What was the price that was paid that you might not go under the judgment of God it was the son of God when God gave all that he ever could give whenever he gave his son for God so loved the world what? that he gave his only begotten son God has given everything that is possible for him to give that you might be saved that you might know heaven at home that you might be rescued and that you might not perish and be lost for all eternity 
He's given his son. I, I can't describe for you the cost of your redemption. What it cost God that you might be in heaven. That you might have salvation. That you might know this redemption. That you might know heaven. I could try and explain it to you. But I would come very far short. But the cost is this. That he would give his son to come from the glory and the splendor of heaven. To step into an earthly form. To take upon himself human flesh. That he might go to the cross of Calvary. And you know there was only ever one object in view. And that was your salvation and mine. It was a tremendous price. You know, I, I came across, and I'm sure many of us here, we have sang it, but the words are so precious. Mr. Sankey was sitting reading the newspaper one day, and he found this poem in the newspaper, and he ripped it out, and he put it into his pocket. And uh, the gospel meeting had finished. Mr. Moody was stepping off the platform. It was in Edinburgh and Scotland. And he turned to Mr. Sankey, and he said, Just close with a song. He thought I, he didn't even have one ready, and he just remembered he had a little slip of paper in his pocket, so he pulled it out, and he made up the tune as he went along. But it's a beautiful hymn, and it's still the same tune that's still used today. But listen to these words, and just think of what I just said about the cost. That we can't determine the cost of your salvation and mine. But none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed, nor how dark was the night the Lord passed through, ere he found the sheep that was lost. Calvary was a dark place. Let me say that again. Calvary was a dark place it was dark in the aspect of sin it was a cruel place it was a horrible place the worst of humanity would put someone else on a cross I can't imagine it I can't think of what it must be like to take a human being and to so mistreat them the way he was mistreated to spit in that lovely face the lash the Roman lash on his back and then to be laid down upon a cross do you know the amazing thing is this that he did it all willingly oh those must have been terrible terrible sights the languishing of men as it would be nailed to a cross here was one that was different one that would lay himself down and there be uplifted in a dark cruel place it was an awful place I can't describe for you really what Calvary entailed I haven't been there I've been there by faith I wonder about you.
Or you just like the, the one that's written off in Lamentations where it says, Is it nothing to you? All ye that pass by. Then it goes on and it says, Behold and see if there were any sorrow like unto my sorrow. Oh, the agony of that one on the cross, one uplifted in a cruel place, a dark, sinful place. Because it was there that God punished his son. The punishment that should have been mine was all laid upon him. He bore my sins in his own body on the tree. Can you say that tonight? Are you too proud? Why not just let it go? Just take your place as a guilty sinner and just say, it's enough for me. I'll take it in. I'll accept it. I'll take him as my saviour. He's done enough. There's no need for you to perish. There's no need for you to go to hell. Because he has borne your judgment. I can't describe for you the darkness that there must have been that night. But I can tell you this. That it all was finished with a mighty victorious cry. This was no whimper from a dying man. This was no just gasp. There was a strange exclamation from the cross. And it was a cry that it was finished. There was a work that had been enacted and it was done. Nothing more needs to be added to it. And what's the call to you tonight? The call is this. Come and believe in Jesus. Accept him as your own and personal saviour. We have that in verse number sixty and verse number twenty-six. That he might be just. He is holy. He is just. Why? Because he has got a standard, and there's one who has been punished that you might be justified. He's the justifier. He's the one that does all of the work. And what does it say? Of him which believeth in Jesus. There's one who has is willing to justify you tonight. What does it mean to be justified? It means to be acquitted. It means to be cleared. It means to be set free from your sin, from your bondage. It means to be ready for heaven, to be ready for home. To live a life that would glorify God. What could be greater? What could be more wonderful for anyone in the gospel meeting tonight than to say, that's what I want. I want God's salvation. I want to know all of that. I want to know peace. I want satisfaction. You know what? You'll find a little satisfaction in the world. But it comes also very far short. Compared to what we find in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a debt that you can never pay. That another has paid in your stead. And he freely offers you salvation tonight. 
but it's only if you come it's sitting there it's just that we tell the kids in Sunday school and we hold out a prize and we say as for whosoever you just got to reach out and take it that's the feeling that I had whenever I read this verse being justified freely by his grace you can know that tonight right here right now just by accepting that what he has done is enough for me him that believeth in Jesus God just asks for your faith tonight what does faith stand for I'll give you a little quick one came from uh, Harold Paisley so it should be okay F-A-I-T-H just take this home with you forsaking all I trust him can you do that tonight let go of your trying let go of your doing there's nothing that needs to be done it's all been done at Calvary's cross and all you need to do is just simply rest where God rests I could take you tonight some here in the meeting have already been there I want to go someday be an emotional experience to see it to stand outside an empty tomb where we believe that that's where the Lord Jesus Christ was laid but he's not there anymore he's seated at God's right hand he's a prince and he's a saviour and he wants to be your saviour and he offers you salvation he has given everything because he gave himself for you how could you turn away from such a one tonight can you just put yourself into the verse that we read being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus it's for you tonight he paid a price and all you need to do is accept it I trust you'll do that even tonight as we close in prayer And may God bless you for being here. Shall we pray?